<clears throat> All right, here we go. Who oh, is a kitty kitty? Who oh, is a kitty 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 kitty? That's all right. Ah, <clears throat> oh, Christ. Left my jacket in my car yesterday. It was 70 when I left my car. Now it's like 40 when I'm getting in my car. So, that was a good plan. Like most things in my life, I thought ahead. <clears throat> okay, pardon me. Starting earlier and earlier every time I start this show. One of these days you're going to be hearing me brush my fucking teeth. Still beautiful out though. It's going to be a nice day. 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 <clears throat> ah, that's better. Something with sleeves on it. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm going to get all the schnat out of my throat before I talk to you guys for 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Mm. Grab a picture. There we go. Um, where was I? Get my notes up. Okay. Sunglasses are go. Heater is go. Not need the AC right now. Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Monday edition. <clears throat> I think this week is going to be a better week, guys. It's going to be a better week. Despite the fact of everyone and my mother... Not actually my mother. Thank God she decided to skip this show. Um, reassuring me that last a week ago's episode, last Monday, was... <sighs> Quote-unquote, beautiful and meaningful and whatnot. Which, to me, listening back to it, it's just me bitching for 45 minutes. So, whatever. If that's beautiful to people. Uh, anyway. Not... Not getting off on this tangent again. Um, but the my main cause of stress right now, uh, which was homework, I've gotten a lot done. Um, not all. Uh, I don't even know if I could call myself halfway done. But one of the three projects, one of the three classes is done. Ho- totally done. Put the nail in that coffin last night. Done. And I've got another project, big project, that I gotta get done by Wednesday evening. Which that's a decent amount of time. It's a decent amount of time. And then a smaller project that I'm not worried about at all, which now I might get concerned because that's due the day after the the one due on Wednesday. So far. I gotta. Re- I have to remember to budget time for that one. But anyway, you've heard me talk about homework 
way more than uh, you've you've all been very patient with me. Um, this weekend was pretty good. It's pretty good. It's busy. It's busy as hell. We had the open mic on Saturday night, which um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a, a few less people than the first time, but only by like five or six. So that was, it was a pretty solid turnout. It was a really supportive crowd. Um, we talk about that uh, not really at length on tomorrow's episode of the Popular Outcasts, but uh, Bill, Mike, Bennett, Mike Carpenter, and I's stand-up sets, the audio from them, are going to be at the tail end of that episode. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing that. I was much more comfortable than the first time. Um, kind of got a little cocky, which people told me was great, but I felt bad about it afterwards. Uh, I believe I referred to it as my fucking show. Uh three or four times, which in retrospect makes me feel bad because it's Mike's fucking show, (laughs) but he gets all nervous because he's got 50-some people in his place of business that if they wreck shit up, uh, he's uh, fired. So, he kind of holds the, hands the reins over to me to run the show, and it was great. Matthew was there, fucking A. Fucking A. Um, I don't know how long it'll take us, and by us I mean Mike Bennett and Justin Strasser, to get the video of Matthew's setup, but shit. Shit. Check out, keep a, keep a watchful eye out on the uh, Mun Mom YouTube page. Uh, if I remember, I'll link to it in this post. Because um, that shit... <laughs> that shit was great. Great. Um, actually, <laughs> one of the things on my list I talked about while on the at the Mun Mom show, which was funny because I met Matthew's boyfriend. And uh, uh, for those of you who only listen to this show, which I can't imagine that's a whole lot, uh, Matthew is the shining star of a couple episodes of the Popular Outcast podcast. Uh, the backstory is he is a twink from Central PA who revels in androgyny, so he's a young man who wears makeup and high heels, but he doesn't want to he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be a transsexual, he's just a man who likes to wear makeup. And it's not a tra- cross dressing kind of thing. It's his, it, it's his his own style kind of thing. Fucking beautiful, beautiful kid. Um, really great. Also seventeen, so can't really <clears throat> say too much about that. Uh, but very soon he'll be eighteen. Very soon. Anyway, and um, basically. Story goes, Bill and I were ex- uh, just talking about, on the podcast, you know, out loud to ourselves on the podcast, 
about bisexuality and how, you know, every, the, the, the gay straight spectrum, how there isn't, it's not black and white, it's, uh, and we were talking about how, you know, we're probably, we're definitely not entirely straight, and there's, you know, you see a, a rare guy here and there that'll make you be like, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Man, I can kind of see, I can kind of see what that, uh, what the, what they're talking about, because that man is beautiful, and, um, I gotta rehash this quicker, because a lot of people have already heard the story, basically, Bill's like, yeah, there's this one guy that was ringing me out, and I was like, was he at Target, and Bill's like, yeah, so we spend the better part of an hour saying, <laughs> Um, granted, it was amped up for comedy value, but it was some pretty vulgar things about this young man, and, um, lo and behold, it made it to his ears <laughs> at some point, and, uh, he was super cool about it, and came on the show, um, we forged a lifelong friendship in those, the three episodes he was on, and we definitely want to have him back again, but that's where we are, and, um, pardon me, sorry, I did bring it up at the set, but I don't know if it was recorded at all, that, uh, I said out loud in front of a group of, like, 50-some people, I was like, I, <laughs> uh, what did I say, I said, Matthew, after meeting your boyfriend, I know that I need to stop flirting with you on Instagram, because he can break me in half, and that guy could, he was a built motherfucker. Um, but Matthew is just, he's a, he's a beautiful man. That's, I'll leave it that way. And it's not, it's never, I don't know why I've chosen to set my, I've put myself in a position where I ought to defend myself, which I don't, God, it's like I don't have control of my own mouth sometimes. It's not like Matthew is an a fair risk with my family or anything. I am just well aware that that man is sexually attractive to me, and I, being honest to a fault, let him know on Instagram here and there. Obviously, tongue in cheek, yada yada. No pun intended. But um, anyway, I don't know how I got there. But, yes, homework. <laughs> uh, no, okay. That was on my mom. Um, I did my first stand-up set, which was, I've talked about several times on this podcast. And um, check out tomorrow's episode of The Popular Outcast and you will hear it. Um, I have not heard it yet. Um, I don't know if I will hear it before Tuesday. So, I'll be listening to it with you guys, basically. And, uh... It went a lot better than I expected. I just had the, the list with the word rejection at the top and a list of girls' names on it. And um, I had never said it out loud before. And which, I mean, I've never been one to rehearse or study. Um, you know, that's a lie as far as rehearse goes, as far as, like, acting. Like, someone wrote something for me. But if it's, like, a presentation or a speech, or apparently a stand-up set, um, I've never been one to rehearse, I'm like, 
you know what, I'm better raw, let's just do this. And that definitely held true. I, like, they're... Well, you'll just have to listen to it. They're, but, like, any, any like, pauses that seem intentional, while they were intentional and they're for comedic uh, value, uh, all the timing just came on the fly. And uh, maybe if we hit a red light, I'll compliment myself on it. But right now we haven't, so that's not going to happen. Fuck you, Mike Carpenter. I got... I practically had people... Uh, I know it's annoying that I can't take praise. I'm well aware of it, but I still can't take praise. And fucking, between Chris Rowe and Mike Carpenter blowing me over this goddamn show, what, what the fuck did, uh, I think Carpenter, his, his, his review of the show to me makes the most pretentious yet true subtitle for this show um Jeff in Motion listen to one man struggle with his own existence for 45 minutes in his car oh almost got a red light still not gonna compliment myself though ha motherfuckers um <laughs> yeah uh where the fuck was I but yeah my mom was fun and it was good and oh pardon me a little sleepy. Been do, up late doing homework a lot. And then we recorded um, an episode of Popular Outcast Gaming and three episodes of the Popular Outcast Podcast yesterday, and shit was wrecked. Um, we just got off to a bad start, and the whole day was just kind of weird. So the next three weeks of Popular Outcast, I mean, they're not bad, but there's definitely an odd energy of, in the room. Because I got in for Pog, uh, recorded for like 15 minutes, and then we realized that Bill had never turned my mic on. <laughs> so um, you can hear them fine, and then you just hear me like in the background. It was absolutely unintelligible. So we had to go back, and we had gotten there early so we could record Pog beforehand. And so then now it's like it is the time that we wanted to start recording the Popular Outcast podcast, and we've only got, like, five minutes of Pog recorded. So, just the whole day was fucked. And, like I said, it, it isn't bad, but it definitely, there's this this weird pressure throughout the time because we're all, we're very short on time. And both next week, uh, this week and next week, are shorter episodes because of this fiasco, but we're padding them with... Uh, when mom sets, uh, this week will be me, Mike, Bennett, Bill, and Mike Carpenter. Uh, also worth noting that Mike Carpenter sits in on this weekend, next week. And, uh, then also the next week we've asked, uh, Chris Rowell and Andrew Smith of the Delusional Loners podcast if we could use their sets. And, motherfucker, Andrew Smith knocked it out of the park. I don't know if it was his first stand-up set. But it did not look like it. And so next week at the end of the Popular Outcast podcast, you can look forward to hearing that. Um, it's a very specific feeling when you tear a six-inch hole 
in the crotch of your newest pair of blue jeans that you bought because you had become too fat for all your other blue jeans. And you know that you don't have the money to buy new pants. It's a sad feeling, but it's also just like a, really? This is hilariously sad. (laughs) And then you're like, well, I do have those jeans with the hole in the knee and the hole that my wallet's almost falling out of. That, yeah, the number of the waist is too small for me, but I got fat in them. So they still fit decently because I stretched them out. So yeah, I guess I can wear those. (laughs) Not all things that were happy this weekend. I did tear a hole in my jeans while out playing in the yard. While my dad's cousin was mowing our yard. Because one of the agreements (laughs) with the uh, lease that we... (laughs) Lease. Anyway is that uh, we would mow the lawn. But not only does it take three to four hours to mow our lawn in its entirety, I just don't have that time to budget. I can barely budget that time to homework, let alone sitting on a a lawn tractor. So, you know, I feel guilty about that, but... Fortunately, my dad has just given up on me there, and... You know, that's a great feeling too, but it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Anyway. Where the fuck was I? Let's see. I don't want to bitch anymore. Let's look at what I got on my list. Um, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about my kind of fall from the church. I don't know if I have the time to do that. Maybe we'll... uh Maybe it'll be a two-parter, and I'll finish up on Friday. Um, Atheist is a relatively new term I've embraced in the last few years. And, uh... uh, I'm not going to start out with that story, though. I was raised Lutheran. Which... It's basically the Diet Catholic. Uh, It was the first Protestant uh, sect of Christianity. Martin Luther was like, Man, these Catholics are uptight, right? Yeah. YOLO. And... So they broke off. And so, of the uh, kind of Christian spin-offs of Catholicism, Lutheran tends to be the most like Catholicism, which is still pretty uptight. I mean, we're not as uptight as Catholic, but I've got, I've got Lutheran guilt, which isn't quite as bad as Catholic guilt, but it's it's Christian guilt. But we're not like Baptists or anything. There aren't like there aren't uh, people going into tongues or anything. It's a lot of old people murmuring quietly in a room. So, basically, diet Catholicism. And, uh, my mom to this day works as a, uh, youth minister. Uh, 
That's the job she gets paid to do. And my dad teaches Sunday school. He doesn't get paid for that, but does it. And I've mentioned this before, that they fortunately chose to have a positive relationship with me rather than lecture me on my heathenistic ways. So I'm very, I'm very appreciative of that because there were people in our congregation that would not have been so kind. For sure. Um, I don't remember when I started questioning the church. I know that I question everything. It's just part of who I am. And it was encouraged, you know? Search of knowledge. Why wouldn't you encourage that in your child? Well, fortunately, it also turned me against the, like, one institution mom and dad really hold dear. But I re- it's a lot of Old Testament stuff. Like, the one that bugged me the most, being a little science nerd, loving animals, zoo books, zoo books wishing I had motherfucker, uh, love just sitting in there like, there's no fucking way Noah got every kind of animal on that damn boat. There's just no way. There's no way. And what about, like, your flightless insects and stuff? Like, there are literally billions of kinds of things out there. There's no fucking way. And granted, this is not worded this way. I'm a child. But Noah was always gave me a lot of, a lot of trouble. And there were other things, but I couldn't even get past Noah. Like, Adam and Eve also was two people. And anyone with a brain can see the incestual kind of thing. Because Adam and Eve had two sons. Two sons. And they created all of the population. So, either, like, they later had a daughter that the sons had sex with. Or they had sex with their mom. Um... But the Bible doesn't say that, of course, because they don't want to encourage that. The only two people on the planet have sons. Those sons walk off and meet other people. So, either God went and created more people and no one talked about it, or, more logically, it's just a fucking story that has a lot of plot issues. But that didn't bother me as much. Like, whatever. I didn't think that deeply as a child. But Noah. There's something up with that Noah story. So it got to the point where I was asking about Noah so often. That my mom set up uh, just a one-on-one meeting with our pastor. And our pastor was a real nice guy. Not one of those intimidating kind of Catholic priest types. Really nurturing. Really cool guy. If I run into him in the mall, I'm going to talk to him for like 10, 15 minutes. This, like, to, if I see him later today, I'm going to say hi to Bill. Pastor Bill, really awesome, really nice guy. And we just, I just asked him questions and these things that were giving, giving me cognitive dissonance. And I'm just like, I just don't, I just don't get it. And he said something that to this day I respect. He was like, 
sometimes it's not the facts of the Bible that's important. It's the message. And I was like, yeah, I get that. I get that. Maybe these are like fables. They're parables, which they all are, by the way. And, like, Luther, Lutheranism isn't, is very down-to-earth, kind of real. Um, and they don't pretend that God wrote the Bible or anything like that. It's all, people are very aware that it's a human institution. And so he said that, and I'm walking out like, yeah, yeah. Little did he know... He planted the seed for this little inquisitive mind who extrapolates on everything to then realize that, oh wait, this is all just written by people. And that's it. Like, no part of the Bible wasn't written by people. It was all just people. And the older you get, the more people you, you meet, and the more you realize that people are dumb. As a rule, people are dumb, and people are manipulative, and it just, it all starts to be like, oh, oh, oh. Now, it was years later that I actually lost my faith, but I do, uh, and I mean, I was in, I was in, I was an acolyte. Um, after I got too old to be an acolyte, I became an assisting minister, which meant I wore a robe, I stood in front of the church, sang psalms, which are call and response, uh, for those of you who are not, or who are not, uh, who just aren't into that kind of thing, which, lucky you. Um, I sang songs, I led, led the Lord's Prayer, I was in deep, I gave communion. And the first thing, the first part of giving communion is I give communion to the priest, the pastor. Um, and I know there's priest, pastor, reverend. I was, in, I was deep into Christianity for like 18 years. I still couldn't tell you the semantic differences between those words. Um, I'm sure a quick Google search would tell you, but whatever. I don't feel like doing that right now. Anyway. So I was in deep. I was in deep. And I remember the very first time that my my, reli- my religion was, like, rocked to its core. And I, I must have been around 13. It was early teen. And we're doing... It was, I believe, the Lord's Prayer. Where everyone says in unison this... This prayer, which is kind of poemy, it's very old world. Um, let's see if I, I this, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The fact that I remembered that is absolutely astounding to me, because when I was in church, I could not have recited that for you. But yes, 
that's the Lord's Prayer, the original version. And it's a it's a room full of uh, like two two fifty people all chanting it monotone. And I had a flash of I don't know why, but the cult scene in in. Um, police academy that was led by or now Bobcat didn't lead it but yeah I believe it was the first police academy movie that's what flashed in my head and I had the stark thought religion Christianity is a cult it's just gigantic and that rocked me to my core I'm in the middle of this Lord's Prayer and I'm just like I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This shit is just as ridiculous as a cult. It's just a ton of people do it. Holy shit. And naturally, my brain is just reeling. So it's like, no, 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 no. And then I go on to continue just deep in for the next like eight uh, next like five six years but that never quite went away that always was there that like holy fucking shit moment that came out of the dark like nothing particularly had happened that week that made me question anything it was just bam hit me like a ton of bricks so let's move on to I move out of college. I move out of college. I move out of my house into the dorms for college. Now, granted, my college was literally a five-minute walk from my parents' house. Um, I did laundry at my parents' house. And by did laundry, I mean brought laundry to my mom. Because I was an adult in college. And that was the first significant amount of time where I was out on my own without the influence of my parents' opinions constantly and being encouraged to think about things and really question things. Like, I'd always been encouraged to question things, but like college, you're fucking... you're almost demanded that you question everything. And this is where this shit starts to get funny, by the way. As I, I've kind of, towards the end of high school, I've started to call myself agnostic because I'm doubting, and agnostic is the term you use when you're terrified to call yourself, when you're terrified of the word atheist because for some reason, uh, a lack of religion is just the most evil thing in many Christians' eyes, uh, which, fucking A. I still have a lot of positive memories and feelings towards Christianity but Christianity you're not doing yourself any favors in the PR department lately trust me anyway so I called myself agnostic for a while for quite a while and I had another good friend Tony who did as well who I later learned was raised atheist and just called himself agnostic because that was the way that you didn't get beat the fuck up for being a, a faggot atheist in our high school. 
Um, it wasn't a. We lived. We live in a in a rural area. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. And um, but agnostic is the word you hide behind when you're doubting things, but are too scared to say fuck this. I don't believe it. I later learned in a uh, college class about the concept of ideology and it's basically just the set of life rules you have um, that you were raised with and basically what you were raised with you're, you're learning you're, you're, that your parents gave you and the, it's what colors the way you see the world it's, it's everything your ideology and while being very 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 difficult to change your ideology, it does happen, and I'll put I'll put a lot of money that it happens in college for a lot of people. But what's something that is common is when you lose your ideology, your brain is just like every I you've got just so many points of reference that point to well. Um, I can understand how this works because the Bible says this. Like, you were just left, like, you're, it's like you're using a machine and someone's like, oh, that manual's entirely wrong. Don't use it. Don't use any part of it. And then throw it out. And you're like, well, do you have another manual? And they're like, no. No. But I've got this closet that is just full of manuals for how to use that machine um, we don't know if any of them are right, but we know that that one is wrong. That's what it's like when you're, when you drop your ideology. It's just like, what? So it's very common for people to just grasp at the next manual to just be like, oh, okay, okay that thing, that thing, that thing. The next manual I grabbed was a Wicca, which seemed like, and I can admit it now. There was a girl I was into that was deep into Wicca. Um, you would have asked me then. Hell, even a couple years after, I would not have admitted that. But because uh, well, I didn't consciously get into Wicca for this girl, but I definitely subconsciously did. So Wicca was great because it had one rule, which was the rule of three. Whatever, and it's basically karma. Whatever energy you put out comes back to you threefold. So if you're cool and you're good, you're going to get cool vibes back. If you're a dickhead, that's going to come back on you three times. Or three times as much. And uh, honestly, I'll, you know, being honest with myself, uh, also Wicca didn't have any sex guilt. So as an 18-year-old virgin in college with no relative prospects uh, that was a plus because I just didn't need that fucking guilt which it still took me I was well married before I got rid of the sexual guilt but I'll talk about that some other time so Wicca was cool and like it had a good vibe to it and like the people were all nice and um, a lot of overweight people in Wicca in this area I'm gonna say um, but don't know if there's any correlation there but and 
I I was Wicca for a solid six months, and like the ideology of Wicca is great, but then there's magic, which the quote-unquote religion of Wicca, which is basically a hodgepodge of a lot of half-remembered pagan traditions, like the things they believe are ancient, but I don't believe Wicca was there weren't Wickers, <laughs> Wiccans hanging out with druids in the forest around Stonehenge. Just, Wicca is a more a modern take on the pagan religions. Um, and I'm, I almost said I don't want to like speak down to it, but really I'm saying that all religion is bullshit. So I kind of am, but I don't want to disrespect it. There we go. And magic was, it was essentially prayer, but it had ingredients. I'll leave it at that. Um, and you felt, but like this was like, what, as I was getting into it, I was like, oh, this is like an active thing. Prayer is passive. Prayer, you're just like talking to nobody. This, you're active. You're actually like, you're mixing ingredients and you're lighting things on fire. Yeah, yeah, this will totally work. It, it didn't, it didn't. It, it's total bullshit. But, you know, so I'm like, mm, you know, this is kind of bullshit. Well, you know, no, 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 it's, it's fine. This, this is the truth. This is real. This is for real. <laughs> and I remember very specifically the time where I was uh, done with Wicca, which, again, I still held on to it for a month or two more. We went over to this woman's house for a... Samhain uh, ritual, which is Halloween, um, which is, I mean, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It, it's fun. Wicca is fun and great for a fucking D&D nerd kid. i tell you what. But she was talking about how she had left out uh, cinnamon sugared toast for the fairies. Magic I could handle. Worshipping the moon goddess I could handle. Leaving out toast for fairies was my last straw. Where I was like, alright, this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> and, um... Yet I still still went on for a couple months. And it really wasn't until <clears throat> that girl was out of my life. Which I did lose my virginity to her. And that's, again, another story. Probably when I, start, when I do 45 minutes on sex. And lost my virginity to her. She was not. She was not interested in a relationship. I was. It. It didn't get ugly. It just got very sad as we just stopped hanging out, and I got very sad. But then I very soon after met my, the woman who is my wife now, and it all turned out okay. Um, in the end. But it was after she was gone, and I held on to Wicca for maybe a month into my relationship with Aislinn. And then I was like, you know what? Fucking everything is bullshit. <laughs> and, but I never, I never became those, the just the asshole atheists who will just shit on everything. And granted, I agree with them, but I've... I've tried very, very hard to not be a dickhead about it because I remember 
I, I, I've been, I'm trying to think of the words. I didn't want to be a Christian dickhead about atheism. Like, that's the thing. The ideology switch with a lot of those asshole atheists is they probably came from very conservative Christian households and their ideology swap went to atheism and they still kept the same fervor and, like, everyone who doesn't believe exactly what I think is absolutely wrong attitude. Which fucking sucks to talk to anybody like that. I mean, and I'm not looking to rock everyone's faith around here. That's not what I'm looking to do. But I will gladly discuss how I feel, I'm sure you've all figured that out, with people. And I will question them. But I'm not going to be like, see, 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 you don't have an answer. You're wrong. Your life is a lie. Like, no, that's not going to convince anybody. That's not going to convince anybody. And, like, my job isn't to convince people. There aren't fucking atheist prophets. Although, there are people who sure as hell think they are. And you don't... (laughs) You win... You get more flies with honey than with, uh... Or, I don't think there is a second line to that. You get more flies with honey. If you're just a dickhead, you're not... No one's gonna like you. So, what the shit? Calm out. Calm your tits. Man. But as I... And I still... I went back to calling myself agnostic. Like, like maybe there's something. Maybe there's something. Because it's just my brain did not want to let go of the fact that there might be something. Even though I had no evidence of the contrary. And then one day... I got... I was just diving around. Diving, delving through Wikipedia. And I was like... Oh... I'm going to look up atheism on Wikipedia. And I read the entirety of the entry on atheism on, in Wikipedia. And it's a very interesting read. I encourage it. But there was one... And the reason I call myself an atheist is the lamest, dorkiest reason. So you'll, you'll guys will enjoy this. There are two kinds of atheism. Weak atheism and strong atheism. Strong atheism is, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there is a God. Boom. Weak atheism is the things in line with agnosticism. Being, I don't know there's a God, but there might be a God. And kind of hoping there is, but I just don't know. And the term weak atheism hit me to the core, and I was like, I'm, I'm not weak I'm not weak and it made me think I was like why do I think there may be a god and it made me think on that and the answer I came up with is because I was scared that there wouldn't be one and once I said that out loud to myself that the only reason I was holding on to it was because it was scary if it wasn't true. It was gone. I didn't choose to not believe it. It just left me. I was like, oh. 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 The only reason I think these things is because life is a little scarier if they're not true. And fuck. It's gone. Absolutely gone. When you turn a page of your life 
and you're like, oh, oh, I get it, I see where, ah, shit, well, can't go back now, fuck, you turned one of those pages of my life where I tore out a few of the old ones, um, I will have to be absolutely, have one of those rocked to my core moments again to even consider picking up a religion, maybe other than Buddhism, which the true roots of Buddhism is in an atheistic uh, place. Because, uh, now granted, I am by no means a scholar on this, but as I remember it, barely from a college history class, Siddhartha, Siddhartha, I believe is how it's pronounced, um, was, he got fed up with Hinduism, which has got gods out the wazoo, and he's like, you know what, you know what, you know what, there are no gods, how about that, motherfuckers, and Buddhism is all about, like, finding your inner peace and being one with nature and the world, but it's not about worship of anything, it's, it's very much an ideology, but religion is, it's almost a lo- very loose term of religion. Now, granted, as Buddhism became more widespread, um, the Buddha, who, like, if you would have called Siddhartha Buddha, he probably would have argued with you that he was not. Because Buddha, I believe, just means enlightened. And, but the Buddha and subsequent Buddhas got deified later as the religion spread and people were like, well, okay, this guy that we talk about is kind of like the these deities that I've been learning about since I was a kid. Well, shit, I'm at work. Um, Buddhism, pretty cool, but I don't know. Right now, everything is darkness. <laughs> when you die, you die. But, okay, I will leave you with this. I will leave you with this. People say... You know, isn't isn't life bleak? You know, there's no fucking meaning if you're if you are an atheist. And I was like, the f- and it's like where the all the beauty of life is gone. And I will hold it to you that I think life is far more precious and beautiful now than I ever did as a Christian or a Wiccan. It's important now. Because it's all you have. I don't have a place in the sky to go when I die. I have to bring myself my own paradise here in this life before I die. And I will. And I will be content. And that's something that I did. Which is beautiful. It's something you you are responsible for, your own happiness. And people are like, but you know how the beauty is all gone in nature and everything. It's all random. It's more beautiful. The fact that everything you see is this grand cosmic coincidence. That is beautiful. Like, what are the fucking odds? The fact that The fact that trees work, you know, it's all completely random and be absolutely beautiful that what are the fucking odds? Yet it happened because 
You take the most infinitesimal odds, multiply it by infinity, and you've got a 100% chance. So, and like, I am far more filled with wonder and respect for the everything now that I just look at it like, wow, what are the fucking odds that this happened, you know? And it's like, oh, a guy made this. A sky guy did. There was a guy in the sky, and he said that that's how it's going to be. That's not wonderful. That's just an easy explanation. My worldview is like, holy shit, how did this happen? This is incredible. And, like, there will be days where I'm driving to work, and I'm like, there was a point where there was nothing here, and now there is this planet with all these wonderful, vast kinds of animals... And then these one these and these monkeys came down from the trees and over periods of years became human and now they have like iPhones. The shit what are the fucking odds, you know? I don't know what the solid message is is life is fucking beautiful even if you don't think that a a sky guy made it. I'm gonna go do homework before work starts. I'll see you guys Friday. Fucking A. I never am in the app. See you Friday.